plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Well, it is a star style day. I'm here in Northern California, and the weather is like 80 degrees and sunny. I have never, ever seen a February like this. Hello, Power Partners. Thank you for joining me. I am Cynthia Bryan, and you're listening to Star Style. Be the star you are. We are coming to you live on the Voice American Network, where we are with you every week, Wednesdays from 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific. We are so happy you joined us because love is in the air. And Valentine's Day is just a few days away. And who will you be sharing that big day with? Well, if you're single and frustrated with what's been happening or not happening in your dating life and you are ready to finally find a loving partner, I have a fabulous guest coming up in our segment, too, Christine Baumgartner. She is a dating and relationship coach, and she will be with us to help turn, you know, single life and dating life from frustrating to fun and help you ultimately find, you know, the true, true amour of your heart. So the miracle moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are Charity. We will be doing several events coming up this spring, so make sure you visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. And if you still need a tax deduction for 2017, you can still write a check and date it for December, and you can get your tax write-off for 2017 by sending your tax deductible check to Be The Star You Are, P.O. Box 376, Moraga, California. I kind of feel like a um, PBS station because we are 100% volunteers and we also have no, we have no paid people at all. So we are completely supported by any donations. And it's the only way we can bring you these programs. Well, our miracle moment is from Dr. Benjamin Spock. I love it. Trust yourself. You know more than you think you do and how true that is. And that's what we're always saying. Be the star of your own life. Be the writer, producer, director, And, of course, the main actor, because this is our stage. It's our one and only stage. Well, right now in our first segment, what I'm bringing you is how to have a younger brain by volunteering. I just said that everyone here at Be The Star You Are, we're all volunteers. We have no paid staff. But it's an amazing, an amazing experience because we feel so enriched because we're able to bring so much to the world. So if you feel like you have some cobwebs in your brain, this is a rewarding and a very scientifically proven way to clear them out, and it's to do volunteer work. You probably already know about how you feel. You've got that feel-good aspect when you do good in your own community. 
You may also have heard that people who give the gift of their time are healthier and less likely to suffer from uh, from depression. And this is all very, very true because the the real the uh, paradox of life is when you help others, you really help yourself. Now, the latest scientific research is saying that volunteering boosts your brain power and potentially wards off Alzheimer's disease. And what is the background of that? Well, physical exercise, as everyone knows, is a very well-established way to reduce dementia risk. But there is now evidence that having a very active volunteer life and staying social with um, intellectual engagement is critical. So for many people, volunteering encompasses all of that. You're getting exercise, you're having a social life, and you're staying intellectually engaged. So the researchers set out to study what effects a real-world, long-term volunteering program has on your dementia risk. So just to give, I'm, I'm assuming that I... Well, let's say I hope and pray I don't get any dementia because I have now been volunteering and to set up Be the Star You Are charity for 20 years. And the charity is actually in its 19th year, but it was an extra year of that. So the long term, it really wards off dementia. And again, the rewards are huge. So what researchers did is they recruited 111 men and women. Average age was 67.2 years. And they were participating in a brain health study, which is part of the larger Baltimore Experience Core trial, which now is a program that brings retired people into public schools to serve as mentors to young kids and to help them learn to read. So what happened was the participants received 30 hours of training, and then they were expected to volunteer for 5 to 15 hours a week during the school year. The other half, which was the control group, They were on the wait list for the core and instead directed to occasional, short-term, low physical activity um, volunteer and opportunities. And then all participants in the BHS underwent MRI scans and took memory cognitive tests at the beginning of the study at 12 months and then at 24 months uh, post-volunteering. The results... As we age, we all know this, it's uh, normal for the brains to shrink in size. They shrink a little bit every single year, and that's related to the reduction in memory and in mental sharpness. Well, that happened to the control group, but it did not happen to the experienced core volunteers. This is so fascinating. Their brains stayed the exact same size, or in fact, Some of them actually grew, especially the hypocamus, which is the brain region which is essential to memory. So that's an important finding because a decrease in the uh, hypocamal volume is linked to an increased risk of developing Alzheimer's. So the benefits were so pronounced for men. They were actually more pronounced for men. The equivalent to having a brain that was on the average three years younger than when they started volunteering. Now, women's brains benefited too, so women who are listening, don't uh, worry about that. They just didn't get as much as the men. But for both men and women, the more their brains benefited in size, the better they did on their memory and cognitive tests. So while this kind of study can't really identify which elements were the most important, the researchers emphasize that the program increases involvement 
in many beneficial activities, physical, social, cognitive, that retired people may not have engaged in to the same degree otherwise. So participants needed to get up fairly early in the morning. They had to commute to school. They had to walk up and down stairs in the school. And they just generally had to keep up with these, you know, active elementary kids. And if you ever around young kids, you know how busy they are. So the group, they worked in teams, by the way. They shared their knowledge and they engaged in problem solving. And then they had to socialize in new different ways because many of them hadn't really been around young kids. The relationships that they formed with the kids were very important. But the researchers believe that the same benefits might be seen from just being active, mentally engaging interaction, maybe perhaps with patients at a hospital or animals at a humane society or fellow volunteers in many other realms. Now, if you volunteer for Be The Star You Are, you're going to work with kids, not so much the elementary kids, but definitely junior high and high school kids. So again, check out the opportunities at btsya.org. Well, here is the bottom line of all of this. Participating in any type of mentally engaging, physically active, sustained volunteer activity in your community is going to have some long-term benefits for your cognitive health. So if you think that um, that you are you know, declining in any way, it's not that you have to be older. Just remember that at all times, at all times, you can benefit. Now, there's some other study that's saying forgetting is good for your brain. I know a lot of people start worrying, you know, that um, that we forget things. We are not elephants. We worry about forgetting and we wonder if memory lapses are signaling dementia. I mean, so many people, you lose your keys, you lose that business card, you can't remember where you put your wallet, all of that. But there is a positive side to forgetting according to research. Neuroscientists are discovering that forgetting may be just as important a component of our memory system as remembering. So the ability to forget allows us to focus on the most information, the most important information that we are going to need for other things. Now, most people, including brain scientists, assume that it's always a good thing when people can remember as much information as possible for as long as possible. Our brains have distinct mechanisms for storing memories, and then they've been extensively studied, but there is growing evidence that our brains also have a distinct mechanism for memory loss. That is what we call forgetting, and why would that be? Well, neuroscientists at the University of Toronto, that's where my my cousin is a scientist and a doctor, evaluated the scientific literature about both remembering and forgetting to figure out what benefit there may be in having brains that can hold on to some memories and then let other memories go. And they published these findings in a perspective in the journal called Neuron. But what they found is that one of the mechanisms that allows us to forget is the weakening or elimination of the connections among neurons in which memories are encoded. So another mechanism is the creation of new neurons. And as neurons integrate into the hypocamus, that's the part of the brain, again, that's key to memory, that new connections, they overwrite the memories that were stored there. So making those memories kind of harder to access. So why do we have these forgetting capabilities? 
Well, the authors of the study proposed, based on the research, that the goal of memory is not to record and replay the most accurate information over time. Rather, it's to guide our ability to make the most intelligent decisions by retaining only the valuable information. So forgetting can allow us to better adapt to new situations by letting go of outdated and potentially misleading information, and it helps us hang on to the information that we can recognize patterns, and that forgetting allows us to generalize past events to new ones by limiting details that are so specific they don't apply widely. And when I read this, I kind of just thought about it as being the computer overwrite, right? You know, when you back up your computer, like I'm on a Mac, and so... I could go into um, I could go into my um, up into oh goodness what why say there I go what is it what is it called when we do that I could go into the uh, backup system and if I do that I can find out what else was there like time machine right so maybe I have all new information today. But if I go into Time Machine, I could find out what was there before. So here are a few findings that we need to know. A good night's sleep is key to forgetting irrelevant details and holding on to important stuff. And it's important that our brains forget all those irrelevant uh, details. So don't start worrying when you forget the small stuff. It could simply mean that you're better able to handle the big stuff. So if you're worried that your forgetting goes beyond the normal, you know, then you might want to get some check. But by the way, never forget, maybe an exaggeration, but elephants can apparently recognize and keep track of the locations of as many 30 companions at a time. Imagine having to remember the whereabouts of either your 30 friends or kids or any of that. Uh, I think elephants are pretty impressive. They're pretty great. Well, I am Cynthia Bryan, and you are listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we will be talking the gift of love and dating, and we're going to get you on the right track because Christine Baumgartner will be joining us, and she is a dating and relationship coach. I'm Cynthia Bryan. You're listening to us live on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Don't go away. Be right back. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. 
Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryant, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show. Well, we're so glad that you stayed with us because you are about to find your perfect partner, your perfect love interest, because with me today is Christine Baumgartner. She is a dating and relationship expert with several decades behind her of helping people connect and find the right love of their life. She helps singles turn their dating lives from frustrating to fun, and then hopefully to true love. Welcome, Christine, to Star Style. Be the star you are. Oh, thank you, Cynthia. I am so thrilled to be on your show and get a chance to chat with you. I'm very excited. Very excited well, I am really excited because we still have a week to go before the big day of Cupid. <laughs> so people can take your advice and give you a call and figure out you know, who are they going to take out on that special night and how they can do it. So let's originally start with you. You um, have indicated that your dating and relationship coaching has capitalized on over 25 years as a wedding planner. Wow, that is a long time. And I'm sure you saw and were witness to all different kinds of people, you know, (laughs) meeting in different ways. So why don't we start there? Why don't we start there? How did being a wedding planner transition into you becoming a dating and relationship coach? Well, that's really a good question that I don't get asked very often. So thanks for asking it. I would talk to couples as I would be driving them around to their locations and meeting with their vendors. And I'd be asking them about, well, What are you going to do about your finances and kids and vacations? And I was amazed at how few had actually had those conversations. And I thought, wow, I was single. Wow, right. Those are big ones. I dated people for six months and could answer the majority of those questions. So I found myself coaching them through asking those questions of each other and, and coming up with answers. And then I also certainly saw a few couples who I thought, oh, I don't know how they're going to do well as being married. And always at the one-year anniversary, I would send a card, a happy anniversary card to all my couples, and I some was of them surprised together. some of them would come back, yes. So what That's- happened next was I had been single a long time and decided that I wanted to get married. And my girlfriends all the time I was single kept saying, so what do you think of the guy you're dating? And I'd say, oh, I like him. He's a nice guy, but I wouldn't marry him. And I really wasn't in the mood to get married until I turned 50. So that wasn't a problem. But then when I turned 50, I thought, well, you know, I think I would like to get married again. And so I 
started using online dating, had even more dates than ever. And my friends would again ask, well, what do you think of the men that you're dating? And I'd say, you know, they're nice, but I would never marry them. And I said, well, I think that's a problem. I said, and you on were the one so hand, clear. Obviously, you were, you were very clear what you were looking for. Well, actually, I wasn't. Oh, you weren't. Oh, okay. Not, not, well, I guess if you, if you look at it in the way of the men that kept showing up that I said I wouldn't marry them, I started really looking at their traits. And the biggest trait that kept showing up across the table from me was they made a lot of money, but they didn't have any money or they were in horrible debt. And they weren't upset about it. It was perfectly fine with them, but it wouldn't have been comfortable for me to be in a relationship with someone who handled money that way. Right, right. And it was weird that it happened over and over and over and over. I live in Orange County. It's a huge metropolitan area. Every man in Orange County is not, doesn't have that trait, but all the men sitting across from me had that trait. So even though I said I wanted somebody who was financially sound, financially comfortable, I kept trying to say it in my profile better. What I discovered was inside of me, my belief, because the men in my life previously, my father and my ex-husband had made a lot of money and didn't have any money. So I didn't realize that I was now still asking for that because I knew how to handle that. I knew how to be around that. I thought, well, maybe that's who all men were. I thought, well, maybe that's all I deserve. And then when I figured out that that really wasn't true and I changed that belief, the very next man that sat across the table from me made money and had money. You know, isn't it interesting? It's very interesting. I just want to just just piggyback on what you're saying about Mm -hmm. your belief and your intention, because Mm -hmm. I think that's a truism in almost every part of life, because we get stuck in in those old tapes that we've had since childhood, don't we? Oh, 100%. And we're not conscious of them, usually. We're making decisions on things that we are unconscious about. So I said, well, it can't just be that easy. So let's look at the next trait that could have something to do with me because it had a lot to do with me, the type of men that were showing up. So I looked at the next trait. And when I figured out what part that I was playing, then the next man that showed up didn't have either of those traits. And my friends would say, well, what do you think of the men that you're dating? I go, you know, I would consider being in a really long-term relationship with these. I'm not sure that I would marry them, but wow, they're That's such exciting. a match for me. And my friend said, what are you doing? And I said, you could try this. I don't know if it's going to work for anybody else. And they tried it and they started dating people that were more a match for them. So I was only looking for a husband, which I found. And then sadly, a little over five years after we were married, he died suddenly. And I... I'm so sorry. I, that, I read that you. and that was really sad. So sucky. It's a club nobody wants to join, but I wouldn't give it up. I wouldn't give it up, even though it was such a short time. And I didn't know I was laying the foundation for this business of, for the last 10 years, of helping other people stop dating the wrong people and start dating the right people for them. Because I did it for myself, and I helped my friends. So it's been an amazing, wonderful journey. 
So that's so it's really fascinating how you uh, quote unquote fixed yourself, right? And then by fixing yourself, that really opened the floodgates that you realized how easily you could help others. So let's mm-hmm. uh, let's discuss what you do in your dating and relationship coaching. Because what is a dating and relationship coach? Just for people who have never really heard about that, but they know about all the online sites. And, you know, we always hear, uh, Christine, about, I, I mean, I actually have friends, too, that post things, and the picture doesn't even look like them. I'm like, why don't you just, you know, just show who you are? Because that is horrible. I would hate to meet somebody for coffee or a glass of wine and and it's a different person you know that would be terrible oh, yes it is a big complaint um both men and women complain that when they show up on a date that the other person doesn't look anything like their photograph and when i've talked to people about why they do that because sometimes i will you know somebody will hire me and i always help them with their profile and their pictures and I say, why do you have pictures that aren't current? Or why do you have touched up pictures? And they go, well, when they get to know me, they'll like me. And I said, and you're starting off with a lie. Right. A and lie. they're not going to want to get to know you. You know, they're no. not going to give you that chance because I'm a writer and of many books. And that old cliche of you judge a book by its cover is so, Mm -hmm. so true. And you might be the most amazing person on the inside, but if you're not truthful from the get-go, you've already already destroyed the relationship, at least in my opinion. I agree with you 100%, Cynthia. And the other sad thing is the right person is going to like how you look now. They're not going to want you to be different now. So you need to show who you are now so the person who would like that will show up. What a great point. Pardon me? No, what a great point. I didn't even think of that one. That is a great, great point, is that you're presenting yourself as you are now, and then that way, I mean, you you can get better, right, if you want, but... But at least you're being truthful from the get-go. Yes. And when you ask about what coaches do, if you think of anyone who wants to learn how to perfect something in their life, and I find it an easy parallel to talk about sports, whether I'm talking to men or women, because people who want to play well have somebody who stands aside, is a professional in their field, and objectively watches what you're doing and then gives you tweaks and an idea of maybe doing something a little differently. I never change the core of somebody, but if this belief that is, if there's a train of people that are showing up and they're all doing similar things or not doing similar things, then it's us that's driving that. So when I get to the bottom of that, we can tweak a belief because it's old baggage that's not serving you well today. We need to get you to your beliefs of who you are today. And so that's how I look at my coaching. I'm very sensitive to how challenging it is sometimes to look at some of our old beliefs and we use them for really good reasons when we were growing up and in our other relationships, they've kept us safe, they've kept us upright. I am not taking anything away from that. And now, when I can give people a better, strong foundation to come from, 
Because the other thing that happens is if we've had bad relationships over and over, especially women, well, men too, but we start, we start not trusting Ex- ourselves. We yeah, you don't trust believing. yourself at- and you don't trust anybody else either. No. And we, what women will often say to me is, I have really bad instincts. And when I get to the bottom, if I talk to them for a little while, I discover that they tend to have really good instincts in the relationship arena. They haven't been paying attention. We get all full of chemistry and he's got great eyes and well, uh. he has a great body and we go into this hormone fog and we don't pay attention to the potential red flags. We don't pay attention to things that don't work for us. And often when I'll ask a woman, well, what is it that you really want from a relationship? Let's talk about the emotional things that are important to you, the mental things that are important to you, the spiritual as well as the physical. And we come up with a really cohesive list that they have to explain in great detail to me because they've never explained it to themselves. Then when they meet somebody and the hormone fog tries to set in, you still have this list of saying, Oh, that's right. I need him to be financially stable. Oh, that's right. I need him to be able to be monogamous. Oh, that's right. I need her to have grown children or I need her to um, think I'm smart. Whatever it is, we forget we forget what's important to us when we get in that hormone fog. So what do I keep them grounded, and then we listen to our instincts, and they will never steer us wrong. Never. You know, it gets back to that gut feeling, doesn't it? It's like, you mm-hmm. know, where you really, really have to listen to yourself. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I just think that's very, very important. Well, a couple yes. of questions of that just come to mind quickly is, first of all, for those people who are just tuning in right now, I want you to understand who we are speaking with, dating and relationship expert. Her name is Christine Baumgartner, and you can find her website at theperfectcatch.com. I love the name, theperfectcatch.com. So, uh, Christine, what do you find are some of the traits that when you're coaching somebody that just come up over and over again? I mean, is it, do you find, I always hear people saying, I'm looking for somebody with a sense of humor and, of course, the body. And, you know, but then there's all those, again, cliches of, walking on the beach at sunset with the margarita in your hand or whatever it is. (laughs) But, you know, what are, what do people, you know, when they're really being truthful and honest and not just being really surface, what, do you have a generality? Is there a compendium of, uh, you know, it's something that you can just look at and say, yeah, this is kind of typical. Typical of what? people are looking typical, for and yeah, typical for. of what people are looking for. I mean, I think obviously what you were saying before is that it's good to be financially secure and at the same time um, make sh- I mean you know, to make money but also to save money because when you were describing what you just said about how you attracted men who made a lot of money but they never they were in debt or they always lost it and they could care less it's very interesting because I have friends who have had that exact same experience. <laughs> mm. So I was wondering, yeah. is, there, is there like a profile? Do you find that all of your clients are different or is there something 
that is similar, that you find that's similar in most people who are looking for a long-term relationship? Well, I would say the most common things that I hear from people that they really want is they want to find somebody they could love and who will love them back. They want somebody who has their back. They want somebody who feels like a companion that they can do some similar things together, that they enjoy um, spending time together. And along with all that, what I'm doing when I'm working with my clients is I'm having them spell it out because I love how you said, if generally in the profiles it says, I like walking on the beach and I like somebody with a sense of humor. Well, what I have my clients do is, why do you like walking on the beach? Do you like walking on the beach because you collect sea glass and you make jewelry? Or do you like walking on the beach because it's really good exercise for when you go skiing? Do you like a sense of humor because you like corny movies? Do you like somebody who's really quick-witted and give an example of what you think is quick-witted? So not only are you clearly saying this is what would please me. What my husband said when he read my profile was, oh, well, yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Check, check, check. And that's what she's looking for. Okay, I'm those check, check, check. Because I'd really worked on my profile for a solid five years. It took me five years to get to that point, And that's why I want to help my clients take a little yeah. less time. So if you, if you would spell out what it is that this thing is that you think you really need and want. So if you say you want to be loved, what makes you so loved? Is it somebody bringing you coffee in the morning? Is it somebody rubbing your feet? Is it somebody telling you, I love you every day? What does our manual inside say about us? And So basically you're really- saying you have to be very, very clear and honest mm-hmm. with yourself first, really, mm-hmm. before you can find somebody else that you can, you know, really have as... A, a mate, a soulmate, a love mate, whatever you want to call it. You really yeah, have to know who you are and be honest about that. Most, you, I don't find that most of us want to be honest about who we are. What do you think? When they work with me, they're okay with it. But yes, I do find that it is a challenge for lots of people. But it's the way I came up with the tagline of my business, that it's the perfect catch, learning how to be one, and then how to attract one. I like because that a lot. we think we're going to be happier, more fulfilled, busier when we're in a relationship where I did that the first time I got married when I was not quite 19 and discovered after 10 years of marriage, we were really only half a person. We hadn't really developed our whole peopleness. And so that doesn't make a whole person. It's still two half people getting married. So I needed to figure out who I was as a whole person. And then I wanted to find another person that that was a whole person. Now, that's not saying we don't have baggage. When people tell me they don't want to date somebody with baggage, I go, well, I think they're going to be about two and a half. But what I think they need to be is someone who has culled through the amount of baggage I had when I first started looking at all these things. It was a lot. But I got it down to the size that would fit in a bin overhead (laughs) in an airplane. And that's fine. That's a really normal amount. For somebody. Yeah. 
And then I because and on all on every person has baggage. There, you know, Mm -hmm. if somebody said I have no baggage, to me that would be the first lie. Because if you Mm -hmm. look carefully, there's always something in our past that bothers us in some way, or or something about somebody that's going to bother us. So baggage, you know, baggage is just part of being human. But how much we can deal with and how much we can store in that uh, suitcase is another story. Yes. So, so one um, of my examples of mine, and it's a, you know, it's kind of a benign one, but it's fun, is when I was single and dating right before I met my husband, I lived in a home where I had cream-colored carpet and a white couch, and I'm a very neat and tidy person. Um, I've been that since I was tiny. Mm-hmm. And after the fifth date, I would allow men to come pick me up at my house, and the majority of them would stop at the front door and stick their head inside and go, wow, it's really clean and neat in here. And they would look so uncomfortable. And I say, you know, come in, it's really fine. But I could tell they were really uncomfortable. And this is me. Right. So my lovely deceased husband, with his German background, came up to my front door, takes off his shoes, because that's just what they do in Germany, stepped uh-huh. in my door and went, oh, it's so clean and beautiful and organized in here. And I went, oh, well. I love you. Me. That's good. <laughs> you know, that was it's so interesting that you said that, Christine, because uh, we have a no-shoe policy in our home, and it's always been like that. So when uh, people come to the door that don't really know me, I'll say, okay, well, you know, we live like the Japanese. What can I tell you? <laughs> because like you, mm. I'm the same thing. I like I like things neat, organized, clean, all of that. And that is a very important trait that you just said is because if somebody comes to their door, your door and they don't respect the way that you are, the way you are, then that's definitely not going to be the right thing. Well, Christine, we have to take a break, but I would like to know if you are willing to come back for segment two. We just have a quick break, and I have a business bite to do. And then we can talk more about online dating and how people can get in touch with you. Are you okay with that? I would love that. Thank you. I'm oh, so I would love it, too. Let's talk about your fun. website. During the break, listeners, please go to www.theperfectcatch.com. Calm, and that way you can start setting your goals to have a purposeful date and you can hire Christine as your coach because as you can tell her questions are deep and poignant and they will make a difference in your life because they're questions you're not asking yourself Christine you hang on there we're going to go to a break you're listening to Star Style Be The Star You Are we are live coming to you from Voice American Network this is the Empowerment Channel And my name is Cynthia Bryan. We will be right back with Christine and more dating and find out about online dating and what you might need to know and how you can hire Christine. Don't go away. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. 
Albert Einstein said that imagination is more important than facts. Well, the more you use your imagination, the more creative you become. When was the last time you really thought outside that box? Imagine your goals, then focus your attention on accomplishing them, even in the most unorthodox manner. Your ability to develop ideas to make you successful is limitless. The next time you come up against a brick wall, let your imagination run wild and ponder the possibilities. Think like a child who knows no boundaries and be aware of all solutions to what may seem like an impossible challenge. Our experiences are only limited by the quantity and quality of our imaginations. Imagine your reality. Think big. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's CynthiaBryan.com. Be the star you are. The star you are. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. Bethestarur.org. Dare to care. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show. Well, you are all so wonderful for partying with us today. My guest is Christine Baumgartner. She is a dating and relationship expert. You know, she has been there, done that, and she has helped so many people. So why can't she help you? The answer is she can. So visit her website, theperfectcatch.com. Well, Christine, thank you very much for staying with me here and um, give, just giving our listeners a little bit more information. When we left off, Christine, we just kind of touched on this online dating. It's become so huge. And I just remember when it was, you know, when it was in its, uh, I guess, baby steps, the initial stages, it was sort of like a kind of like you didn't want to tell anybody you were online. And you know, <laughs> really, right? And even now, the teenagers are online. I mean, everybody yeah. is online. So what do you think of the dating sites and how do people protect themselves and I know if people uh, hire you you will help them with their profiles but give us a few kind of uh, you know generic tips on uh, Mm -hmm. how this whole dating scene is working out online yes I will give you some great generic tips because it, it used to be there were so many men in the beginning there were hardly any women because 
we're pretty cautious and careful, which is smart. I mean, safety is important. Right. There's too many weirdos out there. That would be my Mm -hmm. fear. Well, the thing that I don't, I mean, I haven't done anything scientific, but in my 15 years of being a part of online dating and 10 of those as a professional coach, I've really discovered that the percentage of people that are psychopaths and sociopaths and evil people and out to hurt us and take advantage of us and do something wrong is generally pretty small. When something happens, it gets publicized and people talk about it over and over. And it reminds me of when the World Trade Center towers on 9-11, it kept showing on the news and they said the problem for children is even though it was the same film over and over, they thought there were buildings falling down all over the world. So we think that they're talking about new, horrible people over new people, new people, new people. And it's generally not because my experience has been the majority of people on online dating are just doing the best they can. They're working through it the best they can. They're not out to take advantage. They're not out to do any harm to anybody. They just they're looking for love and they're looking hopefully well. in the right yes. place. Yes. And and a lot of what I talk about in my coaching is because men and women communicate so differently and I had the opportunity to be a coach for John Gray way in the beginning of my coaching career. So I'm a very much a study of the communication so different between men and women. Mars and Venus, right, of course. Very much, (laughs) yes. And how we misunderstand each other, that we think the other person's misbehaving, but they're really, we're just misunderstanding each other. So often I can explain to a woman or a man when a man or a woman says this in their profile or they do this on a date, they really weren't misbehaving. Now, I'll call them out if they are, for sure. But if they're not, it's the reason he keeps interrupting you is because you've explained a problem and he wants to fix it because he thinks that'll make you happy. And I know as a woman, you want him to just keep listening because you will feel better if you get to talk longer. But the men and women don't know that about each other, so it's part of the education I give them. But back to the safety issue. So what I tell anybody before they meet anybody in person is, especially for the woman, to ask him for his last name, his telephone number, and the city that he lives in. You have to ask for his address. But then But you can Google him, him then, right? His picture. Make sure that he is what he said he is. Because the majority of the time they are. But won't that give you a sense of comfort and a sense of power by doing that? Now, I'm sorry, I never get to tell the man to do the same thing. You are not allowed to ask for the woman's last name. And, of course, they wouldn't because they're not concerned about their safety. We have to be concerned about ours. And what I did when I first started using online dating is I picked three restaurants in my neighborhood that were three different price points. And when somebody said they wanted to meet me, I'd either pick one of the three or I'd give them the three and let them pick. And when I picked those restaurants ahead of time, I went and met with the managers at each of those restaurants and explained I was going to start doing online dating, I was going to meet men here for the first time, and I wanted them to know because it would make me feel safe. I had one restaurant where the manager 
with, you know how they walk around and they ask you how you're doing? Well, he can't always right. come by my table a couple times, make sure I was okay. And then he would stand it. He'd make sure that they knew when we had paid the bill and he'd stand at the door and watch me walk to my car. I never had that a was a very smart, one. you know, that's an incredibly great tip, I think. That's mm-hmm. a great tip. Yeah, and you felt and I, safe then. And when you value yourself that much, when you know that you are worthy and worthwhile, it's not so hard to do these steps. But if we don't know that, or nobody suggested it, then we don't know to do this. So that is, so looking up the person and making sure you're going someplace safe, always go in your car, tell somebody where you're going and when you're going to be back. And while you're there, my goal is now that you've said, okay, I know I need somebody who's financially sound, or I know somebody who I need them to like children, then during this first meeting, if you haven't found out through an email or a telephone call, then ask them a question that helps you get that answer that's not just an interview question. So my friends would say, well, how do you know that men would make all this money and not have any? And I said, well, I did actually know what their job was, but then I'd ask them, well, what kinds of things did they do for vacation? And they would explain, I mean, the elaborate vacations that I learned about that people can go on and do and wow, it was pretty amazing and it was always very interesting stories. And I'd say, gosh, you know, do you save up for that? Or do you have like a vacation fund? And without exception, because this is who I was attracting, they'd explain how they'd have this major credit card debt for years. And it was fine with them. And I wasn't finding fault with them. That was perfectly fine for them to do that. It just wasn't something I wanted in my life forever. So if you ask a question and, gosh, do you have children or what do, you, do you spend time with children? If it's important to you to know that, then ask them that question. Don't just say, do you like children? So I have helped people craft questions that help you then in person decide if they're a match enough for you to see them on a second date. So and how long get- should a first, um, I guess, meet and greet, how long do you recommend for something like that? Is it a so short one, or if it's working out, you're long, you know, you stay longer. What, what do you usually tell your uh, your clients? I or is tell it different? Them, you could that generally I recommend a half hour to an hour. If you're just going to have coffee, it's a half an hour. If you're going to have a meal, an hour. And let's say you are hitting it off, and they are wonderful, and you really want to see each other again. Then make plans to see each other again. It's not that it hasn't worked out, that people have had a four-hour date and they've really liked each other and they continue to date after that. But generally, I have found it works best on a first meeting to leave each of you wanting more. In other words, in other words, don't just go home with the person that first night if you think it's working out, right? Get to know well, them a little bit more. Definitely not. Definitely not. See, that's when you don't know them well enough. You need to, for women, oh, this is such a hot topic. I will put myself out there because it's (laughs) such my belief. Put yourself out there, Christine. It's okay. I will. So I like all the good things we got from the feminist movement. But one of the things that I think has been a disservice to women is that our feelings are the same as men because generally they're not. And so what happens for women often is if we have sex too early, 
before we've gotten to know the other person and found out if they really are a match for us, we really don't pay attention to the red flags. We get very connected to them. It's a whole Right, because we're all about relationship where that might just be sex Mm -hmm. for the men. It is in the beginning usually. Now, once a man gets to know us better and cares about us, then sex becomes making love and you've now switched. But we women often think that if we have sex with a man, he'll feel the same connection we do, and often that doesn't happen. And then we get our hearts even more broken because we now care more, way more than he does, and he could leave because he's not attached to us. And it's very sad. It, it breaks my heart all the time to hear this. Now, I've heard women, and I was one of them, who said, I can have sex like a man. I don't have to get attached and I did that for quite a while in my singledom between my marriages and what I discovered was by doing that I had walled up my heart that was how I wasn't getting attached that's how I wasn't letting my feelings come out yeah Interesting. I could getting my feelings yeah. engaged but when I decided I wanted to fall in love I had to figure out how to do that differently because I needed to have my heart be open Very interesting. Well, let me give out your website again. I want people to go to uh, Christine Baumgartner's website because this is where you're going to get so much information and you can book a consultation with her, which I think is the probably what everybody's going to want to do anyway, Mm -hmm. because (laughs) no, because it's very important to find a person that you really can communicate with and and be yourself with. So that website is theperfectcatch.com, theperfectcatch.com. Now, before we, we don't have a whole lot of time left. I think we have about three minutes or no, we now uh, my Josh, my engineer is telling me we have two minutes left, but I just have a very quick thing that I wanted to bring up, Christine. On your website, you have so many great things, including some of your blogs. And one of the blogs that I was reading was talking about hangry, where people get into <laughs> fights because they're hungry. So it's like angry, a mixture of angry and hungry. Yes. And that resonated so well with me because I know if I'm hungry, it's like, ah, nah, nah, nah. You know? mm-hmm. so I want to encourage people to read the blog. So just wind it up for me uh, because we have a minute to close. Christine, uh, for this Valentine's, what do you wish for everyone and how can you help people get through the love day on a love note so the best advice i can give people is if there is someone in your life that you love a child a friend a parent you're in a happy healthy long-term relationship or a pet let your heart feel open to them on valentine's day Look at the love leaving you, going into them, and coming back to you, because that's the exercise I did for myself to start feeling my, have my heart feel more open. The giving and receiving of love with somebody who was really safe, they were already somebody that was in my life, before I was going to go out and be with somebody who was a stranger. Well, that is fabulous advice. Uh, We've got Mm -hmm. to close now. And I also have advice if you want to fall in love 
and you don't know how to take care of a relationship, get a plant first. If you can take care of a plant, (laughs) you can take care of a relationship. Well, thank you all for being great listeners, and thank you, Christine, for being here with me live on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We are here every Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m., live Pacific Coming to you on the Voice America Network, this show is brought to you under the auspices of Be the Star You Are charity that empowers women, families, and youth for positive media. So please make a donation. Go to bethestarur.org or btsya.org. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate. So see beyond your physical being. Know you're already a star. And read a book this week because it is like a garden in your pocket. Remember, (laughs) until we celebrate again, love always wins. Kindness always prevails. And smiles will keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan for Star Style. I thank you and encourage you to be the star you are. And make sure to check out Christine Bob Gardner's website, theperfectcatch.com. Until Valentine's Day, we'll be together then. Make love all the time. Love you all. Thanks for joining me. (laughs) Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the star. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are. Keep caring. Keep caring. Keep caring. Keep caring.